Good morning. It is awesome to be here this morning. It's great to see each of you. It's Trinity Sunday. We'll talk about that here in a minute. It's um, a beautiful morning again just to celebrate a risen Savior. Yesterday, I uh, got the opportunity to do something I, I don't do a whole lot of anymore. I used to do a whole lot. I used to play golf a whole lot. And yesterday, I got the opportunity to play with Rhonda and Abby and Hayden, which was a, a treat. It was a little warm, but the company was great for, for them. Um, um, it was for a good cause, and uh, we had a good time. Um, tell you how far my golf game has gone is we did win some prizes yesterday. Rhonda won the longest drive for a woman. Now, Abby's was way ahead of her, but it wasn't in the fairway. But she won that, so we got that prize money. And then we really got uh, probably the best, second best prize of the whole tournament. We, we came in last place. It was a playoff. There were three or four of us tied. And luckily, we bogeyed the hole that uh, they started the playoff on. So we uh, had a good time, won prizes, and... When we cashed those prizes, nobody know we came in last, right? But it's okay. It's just about the fellowship and just having fun. Just um, this morning, again, it's wonderful to, to be here and see each of you. And I wish my golf game was better, but um, it's not, and that's okay. Again, I don't put a whole lot of faith and stock in my golf game, but I do put my faith in a risen Savior. I put my faith in a, in a God who is so big that he's hard for us to fathom. And, and this morning as we celebrate Trinity Sunday, my message is going to be mostly on the Holy Spirit, but I want us to think about God in three persons. It's hard for us to imagine, but we got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And again, it's hard for us to imagine a being who has three personalities like that. We want to separate... but. It's all one being, and I've tried to understand, and I've come up with analogies to help me understand, and the best one that someone gave me was it's hard for us to see. When we see God, the Holy Spirit, we feel the Holy Spirit in our life. It's the same God that, that is the Father. It's the same God that sacrificed on the cross. And, but again, we, we separate it, and, and the best analogy I've heard is imagine that we're all fish. And we're in a fishbowl. And we're just swimming around doing what we do. Whatever fish do, I, I'm not sure. I've never been a fish. Hopefully Charlie's not going to come around and catch us. But we're in a fishbowl just swimming around. And all of a sudden, someone puts three fingers in. How many things do we see? If we're a fish, how many things do we see? We see three things, right? But it's all a part of one hand. Every bit of it is a part of one hand. And that's the way I imagine God. For us, you know, the, 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 the tiny beings that we are, yeah, it's hard for us to imagine a being that's that large and that has three distinct, three distinct characteristics. But I praise God this morning. We serve a God, God that that's, is, is that large. The last couple of weeks I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. 
And I actually have a Trinity Sunday sermon that I've delivered a few times. And, but I want to continue on with the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago we talked about Jesus, before he left, promised us an advocate. He promised us we would never be alone. And then last week we talked about Pentecost and we talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But what I want to focus on this morning more is just once we receive the Holy Spirit, you should see a difference in us. There's certain things that you should see in our lives that reflect the image of God, that reflect the being who dwells within us, that reflect the Savior that died on the cross. So this morning I'm going to read from Galatians 5. 22 and 23. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all you do in our lives, Lord. Lord, thank you for, for dwelling inside of us. Lord, this morning as we study this passage, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit fills the lives of each person that hears it, Lord, and they receive the message that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Through the Spirit. What a beautiful passage. I mean, just what a beautiful passage. And it does say by contrast. So we know that something came before this. So if we look back, it talks about a lot of things that are not from the Spirit. It talks about some terrible things. After it lists those terrible things, it says, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things I want us to focus on today. Sometimes I think when we focus on things we shouldn't be doing, it makes those things a little bit attractive to us. What I've noticed in the classroom with kids, if you give them something to do, they usually do it. If you give them a task, if you give them a learning objective, they will usually do what you tell them to do. But if you focus on all the rules, which there's a bunch of rules, I don't know if you know it in a school. There's a bunch of rules. If you focus on all those rules, I mean, some people are sitting there thinking, oh, man, how can I break that one? How can I do that and him not notice? So this morning, I want us to focus on what you should see in our lives. If the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you, what should be coming out? So during this ministry, again, during Jesus' ministry on earth, he promised the Holy Spirit. He promised the Holy Spirit. Again, last week we celebrated um, Pentecost. And when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we do receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us forever. And it fulfills Scripture. Isaiah 58, 11 says, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, 
like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Some translations say rivers of living water. So when we're living in the Spirit, when we're letting the Holy Spirit guide us, we should be like living water. We're being watered by the Holy Spirit, and we're like a garden that's flourishing. And what's coming out of us should be these fruits that I just read. These effects of the Holy Spirit. Again, when we receive the Holy Spirit, it should produce rivers of living water. And again, the answer what it should look like is in the fruit of the Spirit. So who has received the gift of the Spirit? Who benefits from the Spirit dwelling inside of them? Who's led by the Spirit? Those questions should be answered. It should be every Christian. Everyone who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior should have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of them, and they should be relying on the power of the Holy Spirit to guide their every move. Again, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit that people should see in our lives. I want to define the fruit of the Spirit a little bit. Each one of them, I want to look at it and say the perfect expression, I like to look at it as the perfect expression of God's graces. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, it's God's graces on us expressed perfectly through Him. Love. Love's an act of goodwill expressed toward God and each other. If we love God, we should have the same love for each other. And it should come out. Joy is a gladness. It's a delight in response to God's grace. I told you the difference between joy and happiness a few times from the pulpit. And joy is, lasts for eternity. Happiness depends on circumstances, but we can have joy in our heart no matter the circumstance. Because it's a gift from God. Peace. Peace is tranquility, harmony, both with God and with each other. Patience. Patience. Patience is forbearance. It's self-restraint in the face of being provoked. Sometimes I lack in patience. I'll just be honest with you. I've got to rely on the Spirit greatly for patience. Kindness. Kindness is a sweetness of temper that puts others at ease. When you're in a room, people should feel the Holy Spirit because you're there. The kindness that you do for your fellow person should put people at ease. Generosity. Generosity. Goodness that reaches beyond just giving what is due. Generosity means that we are so full of the Holy Spirit, we want to do things for other people. Not just financially. It may be out of service, or it may be just being with somebody when they're going through trouble. It may be walking with somebody. It may be the generosity of our time. Again, it does reflect our money, too. To be generous, to be led by the Spirit, we should be driven to help each other. We should be driven to to support causes that we support, to support other causes. There's such a need in our area in so many ways. We can't give enough to support all the wonderful needs. We should be driven to be generous with what God's blessed us with. 
faithfulness. Faithfulness just means reliability. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you're faithful, that means people can depend on you. People can depend on you to carry out God's mission. People can depend on you. When you say you're going to do it, you, you go and do it. That's faithfulness. But faithfulness to each other, but also faithfulness to God. If God's, God's calling you to do a ministry, let's just say the easiest thing to do is be faithful. Don't run from it. I ran for a while. Be faithful. Do what God's calling you to do. If you want to feel peace in your life, if you want to feel that joy in your life, do what God's calling you to do. He'll never disappoint you. He'll never let you down. Gentleness. A humble and kind demeanor that helps to calm others' anger. We read that again. Gentleness. A humble and kind demeanor that helps to calm another's anger. In other words, if somebody's upset and angry... I've never seen anybody calm down when you say, when, when somebody screams and says, calm down, that don't work. Man, that, I've never had that do that before. Calm down, exactly. That don't work. If somebody's upset, look at them and scream and say, calm down, be quiet, that does not work. It don't. Tried it in the classroom. Screaming at the people who are upset does not make them calm down. Not at all. Grabbing them by the hand to tell them you love them. Tell them you know that they're upset. And it may be you that they're mad at. So you might not want to get close enough to hold their hand. But just showing them that love, that compassion, that gentleness that only comes through the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. And sometimes it's hard because it may be somebody that, again, could be mad at you and... You may not be over it yourself, but you're called to be gentle, not to fight back. Self-control. Self-control is somebody who controls their own desires. They control that appetite, whatever it may be, that may not be good for them. Again, when we're living by the Spirit, we're God-controlled. We're Holy Spirit controlled. We're not controlled by ourselves. We've got to let go and let the Spirit guide us in everything we do. I'm going to read these, this list of um, the fruit of the Spirit again. I want you to think about people in your life, people that you know that these things do show. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I know that we all have these graces in our life at times. And we can experience these. I've seen people who, were, who seemed to love and, and were patient and kind who didn't have the Lord. Have you? But I'm telling you, it's impossible without the Holy Spirit to have all these in your life. If you want to reflect these things, the Holy Spirit has to dwell in your life. For the Holy Spirit to dwell inside you, you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You see, when 
These things are inside of us. We express these graces. Again, Paul defines them in this chapter as being singular. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The graces produce one fruit. Again, the human spirit can produce some of these, but not all of them. Again, to have all these in your life, you have to be depending on the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17, and 15, 13, Paul writes about some other things that come from the Spirit as well. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever felt hopeless? When you rely on the Holy Spirit and, you, and, they, and these graces come out of you, this fruit of the Spirit comes out of you, it, it produces hope. It produces hope. When we have our faith in the Lord and the Holy Spirit's guiding everything we do, and we're depending on Him for every decision that we make, it produces hope. Hope that we can't explain. We can be in despair and still see the hope because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because of the fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians 3.16 reminds us that the Spirit dwells and strengthens us as Christians. The fruit of the Spirit will be evident. The graces will make up the fruit. And spiritually refreshing. It'll be like rivers of living water. That nourishes us. That nourishes everybody around us. When these rivers flow, they nourish everything that's around us. But for these, for the fruit of the Spirit to, to mature, we have to nourish it. We have to walk in the power of the Spirit. We've got to develop that Spirit. We've got to develop these graces. Because, again, as human beings, we're kind of selfish. Anybody here selfish? I am. Sometimes we want to feed our own desires, our earthly desires, our flesh desires. Yeah, Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit, and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. And then in verses 25 and 26, he goes on to write, If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. So if we're living by the Spirit, you won't see us boasting. The only thing I can boast in is my relationship with Jesus Christ. The only thing I can boast is what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross. The only thing I can boast is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The only thing I can boast is the Holy Spirit was, is within me. The only thing I can boast in is what God has done for me. Because I'm a human being. If you put your faith in me, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to disappoint you. If you put your faith in a human being, you're going to be disappointed. But if you put your faith in an eternal God who's filled you with the Holy Spirit, and this Holy Spirit's dwelling within you, and you're relying on the Holy Spirit for all things that you do, you'll never be disappointed. You see, we must be led by the Spirit. We have to be led by the Spirit. We're no longer enslaved to the sin and, and, and to the flesh, our own desires, if we're relying on the Holy Spirit. 
Again, we have to be led by the Spirit. And to do that, we have to do some things. To be able to do that, if we try to do it on our own will, if we just try to do it, if we say, okay, the Holy Spirit's living uh, and dwelling within me, and there's not a change in our lives, it makes it really frustrating. It makes it really hard. We need to start being in the Word. If you want to rely on the Holy Spirit, spend more time in devotion. If you want to rely on the Holy Spirit, spend more time in prayer. If you want to rely on the Holy Spirit, spend more time in serving others. Again, this fruit of the Spirit is eternal. It it lasts forever. We can't run out of it. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm about out of patience? If you're truly relying on the Spirit, that patience never ends. It's from God. It's eternal. If you're trying to rely on your own patience, yeah, it's going to end. And you might get, um, I don't know, I might have been mad before, I don't know, maybe once or twice. But if I'm relying on that spirit, that patience is provided by God, it's always within me. To the Samaritan woman, Jesus offered what's called living water. He told her that when you drink this, you'll never thirst again. He referred to it as a gift from God. It produces in those who drink it what Paul's writing about in the scripture. It's a fountain that springs up into everlasting life. I think as Jesus is having this conversation, he's referring to the gift of the Spirit. I think he's referring to the fruit of the Spirit. You see, the Spirit's given to everybody who trusts, puts their trust in God. Those who receive the Spirit receive living water. Not in just a little bit of it. Everlasting. Imagine a garden that's got constant irrigation. That's what God does for us. That's what He provides us with. And again, when we experience this and we, when we start living for the Spirit, we spend our time in devotion, reading the Bible and praying and serving each other. That's when you'll see this fruit of the Spirit coming out in you. The only way to do it is to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, we can't do it our own. And I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to be diligent in your walk in the Spirit. I want to challenge you to put your trust in the Spirit, to let the Spirit lead you in every decision, every bit of work, everything you're going to do this week and beyond. I pray that you put your trust in the Holy Spirit and you follow the Holy Spirit. And you'll see the fruit. And the fruit... Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit you'll see in your life. If you're here this morning, 
Or if someone's listening online, they've never experienced this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They've never experienced this, the, the rivers of living water. This morning would be a great opportunity to come to that knowing, loving relationship with Jesus. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray if there's somebody here this morning or someone listening online that you, that you fall on your knees and you pray to be led by the Spirit. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, thank you so much for all that you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit dwelling within us all the time. Lord, I just pray that we let go of the things that, that keep us from, from developing the Spirit, Lord. I pray that we put all of our trust in you, Lord. That we let you, we let you water us with your rib, rivers of living water. Lord, again, if there's someone here, if there's someone listening online, Lord, I pray that if they haven't accepted you as their Lord and Savior, they do so this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.